Amen. And we thank God for all of you, and we thank God for what he's doing in each of your lives. We're going to Psalm 128. Should have an outline in your... Should have an outline there before you. If not, just raise your hand and the ushers will be glad to bring you one. Psalm 128. Psalm 128. So if you stand to your feet at the reading of God's word, just honor him while you can stand. Amen. Amen. There'll be times where we'll be seated, but let's stand and honor God's word as. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. And may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. May the Lord bless the reading, hearing, doing of his word. The formula for success. The formula for success. Eternal God, our Father, we do love you and we thank you, God, that your word is truly a lamp unto our feet and light unto our pathway to give us direction. And if we want to be successful, you have laid it out for us how we would start and how we would live and how we would conduct ourselves. Now we pray that you would speak to us, that we would make it clear what your formula is, what your plan is, what your will is. We love you, God, and we offer ourselves to you in this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated to thank the Lord for another day. Had an opportunity a few, few weeks ago to go to a home. Go to a home and bless, bless the home. We can say bless the house, but a house is not a home. Unless the persons in the home have made it a welcoming place. It could just be a shelter from the storm. But it can be a home if the persons inside have taken the Lord on with them. Have invited the Lord. And Psalm 127, Psalm 127 has an excellent start. And you could keep make note of that because we're in Psalm 128, but Psalm 127 uh, is still uh, important to us because it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord watches over our city, you can have guards outside if you want to, but it'd be in vain. He says, in, in vain you rise early and you stay up late, you toil for food to eat. You need to know that for he grants, that's the God who grants sleep to those he loves. 
Verse number three, Psalm 128 says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. We need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, we can be in the house, but we need to have the Lord in the house. We can build a life of success, but we need to have the Lord who uh, orchestrates it. We want a formula, but we want a formula so we can uh, buy ourselves a nice house, buy ourselves a new car, and drive away from God when he wants you to take him with you everywhere you go. So there is a formula, there is a plan, there is a a method that God has established for us is in his word. Amen. And now we have laid it out in this format only that we can see a little bit more clearly what God has for you and I. The phrase fear God is one that means reverence and worship. When we say fear God, surely it could mean to be afraid of. But in the Hebrew language, the word is determined by, the word meaning is determined by the context, which means that if you uh, read a word and we're talking about Edom needs to fear God, that means they really need to be scared of God because he's going to take care of them. Or an enemy or the devil needs to fear God. But we as children of God, especially in this context of Psalm 128, is saying to us clearly that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of our knowledge that we receive. Beginning of our formula. How is it that you can build a house uh, without having the Lord along with you? Surely you can construct a, uh, a, a, a building. You can just frame it up. You know how to cut, saw, mold it, and make it. But is the Lord on the inside? Especially as children of God, we want to be successful. But listen, I, I, I guarantee you that nobody takes anything that they have accumulated with them to that eternity. Nobody gets to take it along with them. So we, therefore, we need to fear God. Everybody say fear God. To fear God, once again, means reverence God which means respect God, to me, have high accolades toward him and knowing that he made the heavens and the earth and so forth. Therefore, we give him glory, we give him honor, we give him appreciation, we reverence God. And then that turns also into worship. We worship God. We lift our holy hands because we thank God for who he is. We don't celebrate men. We don't worship men. We don't worship things, but we do worship God. Some people have placed some other things that they've accumulated over God. Don't even think about God through the course unless they get in trouble. But ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be successful, this is the formula. We need to understand that we need to fear God. That means reverence and worship. There's a, a comment that I got from the commentary, and it said this. The fear of the Lord is an attitude of respect, a response of reverence and wonder. It is the only appropriate response to our creator and redeemer. And what does that actually mean? That actually means that if you respect God, I respect my parents. 
my father and my mother, and if you disrespected them, you called them by their first name, you didn't do nothing that they said. Amen. You still sat at their table, act like they owe you something. But I don't know about you, but at my house, we respected mama and daddy. How is it that we don't respect God in the same way when you're drinking his, drinking his water, sucking on his air, enjoying what he has created? And we need to realize and remember, ladies and gentlemen, that we need to fear God. That means to reverence him and worship him. Write these down. I won't elaborate on them. Proverbs 16, verse 6. Fear to God is to fear God is to depart from evil. Proverbs 16 and verse 6. And then one more, which is one of my favorites, Proverbs 1 and verse 7. It says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. This morning, we're going to talk about the dynamics of that formula. Dynamics speaks of the character or the constant change in activity in the process. We need to know, ladies and gentlemen, that as we perform this, there needs to be some action by you and I. And so we talk about dynamic. We're not sitting stale and let God do all the work. He's saying, no, you must be active in our relationship. The first dynamic is that we need to fear God. You see it written there. And therefore, you need to wonder at his control and his power and his authority. Wonder, when I sit back and I look at what God has made, I sit there and wonder, this is awesome. You got the waves that come up to the shore, and they come only so far, and then they rush back. It's God that had made this, the mountains that have been created. Only thing that we have not created anything, perhaps contaminated it in a certain degree, but we need to understand that God has made a beautiful place for us to stay. And it's not that the, the world is bad, it's the people on, on the planet that are bad. We have all been born in sin and therefore we, we conduct ourselves and we need to make sure that we rest and realize that when we fear God, no matter what's going on out there in the world, we can wonder and just know that God has everything under control. How many of you thank God that he has everything under control? He has all the power. He has all authority. And then we worship him. And when we worship him uh, because uh, that worshiping him with your life is evidence of your respect for him. If you respect God, you, 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 you have a relationship with him. You worship him not because you want things from him, but you worship him because of who he is. Because he who he is in your life, because of the relationship that you have, and your lifestyle begins to change because you want to honor him and not disrespect him. Not only that, it goes also to our walk, our walk in his ways. Means that our lifestyle adaptations, uh, we need to change the way we live. There are certain things we can't do anymore or should not do. And some things, you know, Paul said, we are, we are free to do whatever we desire, but some things are, are not uh, kingdom building. You'll make people stumble over you. 
people will, will have a bad idea about God because you're taking your liberty. You're able to go, go here. You're able to do that. Some things we cannot do because persons who know what we stand for are going to be thrown off the course because we are not walking in God's way. We're not, we're not holding up the standard. We're not living holy past Sunday morning. We had to, everybody say wonder, then worship, and then walk. We want to walk in his ways. The second dynamic, the first thing is, the first one is very clear. The first one is so powerful that if you fear God, the others will fall in line. We, that's an assumption that we can make, but let's go to the second. The second dynamic is that we should work hard. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. We don't want to hear about work hard. I just need you to hand it to me. And the kids will come up, and uh, Tyrone, uh, some years ago, my younger brother Tyrone, uh, he was staying with mom, and we were all out. We were moved away, and Tyrone said, Mama, I want you to buy me that. She said, Tyrone, I don't have no money. She said, Mama, I want you to buy me that. He said, she said, I don't have any money, Tyrone. She said, Tyrone said, look at all them checks you got. He looked at the stack of checks that she had, and he believed that uh, that was like money. Kids grow up thinking you got it going on, that you got it free, that it, the money grows on trees. All that money you make in the month and then you ain't got no money buy me them latest shoes or that latest phone and things of that sort. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to work for it. There are certain things that will transpire emotionally satisfied when you know that you have done your best. You'll be emotionally satisfied when you know nobody gave me this what I have. I work for it. You appreciate it more, Jonathan, when you work for it. God knows you appreciate it more. When you, everybody hands you everything, you're going to be sorry. You'll have no spiritual muscles. You'll know, have no emotional muscles. You'll have no, 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 no strength to endure because everybody gave you everything. You have to work hard and nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that, but God says, my recipe is this, that you fear me and then work hard. When you do, you'll be emotionally satisfied. You'll be spiritually fruitful. You'll be fruitful in your activity. You'll be fruitful in your life. You'll be fruitful as you go out into the community. You'll be blessed in such a way that you're able to bless somebody else. How many of you have come to a place that you don't have to ask anybody for, for anything, but you have enough that you can give to be a blessing to somebody else? Anybody like that? You trusted God and you found out he brought you from a mighty long way. I thank God. I say I thank God. I thank God that I came up the way that I did because the, the struggles that I had and the pain that I endured and the things that I went through, I'm more appreciative of God in my life than I would have been if everybody gave me everything. Nobody gave us anything. We, we had to work for it. And our children is going to get worse for them because they're really going to have to work for it. Uh, a a, a, a uh, high school diploma ain't about nothing now. 
When I finished my AA, it was already uh, extinct. You needed a bachelor's, and by the time I finished uh, the, the accumulation for the bachelor's, it went antique. Ladies and gentlemen, now, now you have to have, and I ain't talking about what you gotta have. You gotta have, <laughs> you, you, you need a master to try and get someplace, amen? We have uh, some, some people that are trying to make advances, and one of the ways they can keep you down is if you don't have a master's, but he got a master's, so because he put in more work, they'll let him have it. But isn't it good to know? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, don't be mad. Don't talk about school. Don't even, don't even worry about it. Won't God elevate you? I say, won't God give you a job? Won't he give you? You say, I don't even qualify. That's why you really going to give God the glory and the praise. You tried hard. You said, I couldn't go to school. I couldn't do all those things. But look at me now. I'm the supervisor. Why? Because God can grant you favor. It's not about the things that you accumulate. You work hard, but God say, I really don't need none of that. I can elevate you. And I look at the life of my father. I'm going to try and hurry along, but I look at the life of my father. My father had an eighth grade education. He worked at miscellaneous jobs and he hauled trash on the weekends. He did whatever he could. We never missed a meal. He worked for Stead Air Force Base until they closed. Then they moved him to Mather Air Force Base. He was a civil servant with an eighth grade education, ladies and gentlemen. They called him an entomologist specialist. Ladies and gentlemen, with an eighth grade education, I'm just telling you what God can do. He was at church every Sunday. He was singing in the choir. He was a deacon on the deacon board. Come on, somebody. But God will elevate you. So I'm not trying to, trying to uh, make everybody go to school. I am trying to say that whatever you do, you got to work hard for it. God will see your effort. He say, ah, that's okay. I got it from here and I'll take it. Psychologically comforting. Psychologically, you'll, you'll be comforted to know, hey, I work for it and therefore I thank God for it. I work for what I have. Amen. Everybody didn't give me everything and so I'm, I'm better. Everybody say work hard. Listen, I'm going to give you some passages. I'm not going to read them. Proverbs 10, 4. Proverbs 10, 4. Proverbs 13, 4. Proverbs 13, 4. Proverbs 21, 5. These are all corroborate, will support. They will support the idea that when you work hard, God will bless you. When you do the work, God will, he will bless you. Amen. And the third dynamic that we look at is take your family seriously how many of you got a good family how many of you got some friends that's closer than the family we need to understand ladies and gentlemen that when you turn it over to God and I believe that we're in uh, verse number verse number three and four your wife will be like a faithful vine within your house your children will be like olive shoots around the table Yes, this will be the blessing of the man who fears God. Surely he's talking about the men and the women, but you know why he throw that? Why did he throw that olive tree thing in there? 
What does that have to do with anything? Ladies and gentlemen, olive tree was very important for fuel, for your healing ointment. Come on, for the wood that comes off the tree to build your little house. He said, when you got an olive tree, you got a lot going on. But you got to understand also the nature of the olive tree when it's left to stand by itself and let its natural environment. The roots will spread. They will spread out 12 to 15 feet out. And then after they go so far, they'll raise up one on the left. They'll raise up one. Come on, the shooter come up all around in a circle. Around the base, it's doing, the work is going on underneath. Come on, somebody. He's saying when you, when you have, uh, you're faithful to what God has given you, he'll bless your children. Come on, they'll shoot up. And we, we, we got healthy children, and we don't even recognize what God has already given us. Hallelujah. He raised up, he'll raise them up because we're the, what he says, he's, that's poetic language, ladies and gentlemen. But he's saying here, the average, the average age of the Jewish man at that time was 45. The average age of a person uh, in those early days was 45. So if the Lord told you he was going to live long, you were like, hallelujah, I get to pass at least 45. Because you're not going to see your children and your children's children if you just get to 45. The chances. And then the mortality of the children at that age were, uh, 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 for their survival was only 50%. What does all that mean? That means that when the Lord says you're going to live long, and your house is going to be blessed. Your wife is going to have children or you will have children that come into your life. Persons that you can watch over. He says, not only that, but they're going to survive. Hallelujah. How many of you thank God for your children? Come on. How many of you thank God for your children and your, and your, your family? We need to respect our family and love our parents because parents... Parents will be faithful and productive in their resources. When, when, when we were growing up, we, we, we knew that they had to, they trusted God and God always made a way. He always made sure that as they were faithful, they, God produced for them and brought them products. And he had people to drop off things that we'd be able to continue to take care of the family. And then there are resources that will be available to you as a child of God. You need to understand the big problem in our society is uh, that those who, are, who are, are poor or less fortunate don't have access. To the resources. Ladies and gentlemen, God will give you access. I don't care who closed the door on you. God can open it up. I said he can open up a door that no man can close. And he can close a door that no man can open. I know what God can do. And he's saying that when you uh, uh, trust me and then you respect your family. And you do your best to take care of your family. He said I'll make you faithful and productive with your resources. Your children will flourish they will flourish and they will prosper. I thank God for my children. I say, I thank God for my children. They're both here in church right now. I say, I thank God for my children. I didn't call them. I say, y'all better be at church. Y'all better do this. No, I try to live the life. Amen. And they'll show up by themselves because they know him for themselves or they've seen him work in my life. Therefore, hey, if he worked for daddy, he probably going to work for me. 
Children that flourish there, they, they're both bachelor's degree, one working on a master's degree right at the edge of finishing that. That's not because of something I did. It's because God's blessing. Somebody say amen. And I'm not talking about you, my kids, you bragging on your kids. No, no, I'm just telling you what, when you follow the formula, God does his own thing. They could have been in jail. They could have been all kind of other places. But God, how many of you know that when you pray for your children, don't just throw something out there. Really believe God. Help them through school. We know it ain't no joke. We ain't no life is people going to treat you crazy when you get to a job. You have to deal with all that stuff. God, help them in their schoolwork. Help them and God will help them press their way through. And they'll survive Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to be, be, be mindful of the fact that sometimes we don't have children that are available to us, but we understand that when we are faithful to God, God will give us somebody to nurture, somebody to take care of. Last of all, it says your family. Your family will enjoy fellowship. How many of you enjoy the family fellowships? Some of you say, oh, I don't want them coming to my house. <laughs> I feel it in my spirit. I, I don't want them over. Listen, when, when Jermaine coming over with the boys, hey amen, we just get ready. I just back up. We could have just mopped. We could have just vacuumed. Uh, let's get ready to be on right now. So anyway, the toys is out. He played with this one. He bring that one out, drop that one, and go get another one. And you know what? I let him go ahead and get it, too. Go and get another one. You want to fish? You want me to crawl around on the floor? No problem. Why? Because I want to make sure I enjoy them. Come on, it's said to children's children. Enjoy them while I can. They need to know me. They need to know I don't just get up in public and talk about how good God is and I'm the meanest granddaddy they ever met. We need to appreciate our family. Don't wait just until the family reunion. Somebody say, man, it should be a family reunion every time y'all meet. Not the official ceremony, but we need to appreciate our family. How many of you got brothers? How many of you got sisters? How many of you got uh, some cousins? We, when we all get together, it's on. Because we were raised right, that we know how to treat each other right. And we know that there are some that got a different lifestyle, but we treat them right as well. Somebody say amen. Amen. Your family, enjoy your family. Last of all, second to last, is that the fourth dynamic is that you must be committed to your church life. You can't just come to God. I fear God. I got a relationship with God. I'm working hard. I love my family. I come to church when I feel like it. Ladies and gentlemen, you must be committed to your relationship with Christ. Christ, you must be committed to Christ personally, committed to your church perpetually. That means we on a consistent and an ongoing basis, and then committed to your community, which means that you're not all church, but not, uh, uh, but also you'll, you'll minister to those that you meet even on the outside. Listen, if you really fear God, if you really love God, then you really want to honor him in all those areas. If you fear God, you'll love his son. Come on, somebody. You'll love him, you'll be committed to him, and so nobody has to be watching you. I don't need a supervisor watching over me. God is always watching. 
I say he's always watching. And I, I remember I used to work at a, a, a the Sacramento Bee. And we we were bundle spotters, Terrence and I. We we go around town early in the morning, two three o'clock in the morning, twelve. Uh, it didn't matter. Whenever they they were available, we'd take the the paper, the the daily paper, to a little boy's house that whoever had a route, we'd take it. We were the bundle spotters. We took them where they needed. Well, one time we were working in the warehouse and we just uh, going back and forth and we're ministering and somebody said, Sam is coming. And everybody like, who is that? And I'm, I'm just like, who is, who is Sam? And they say, Sam, he the big boss. You got to watch out because here comes Sam. And I'm like, and? Because the point is, I'm always doing my work, so I ain't worried about who coming. They get to watch me work. I ain't just start working. And y'all ever heard about that cartoon, the guy sitting at his desk reading the book, and the boss walk up on him and say, why ain't you working? He said, I didn't see you coming. Ladies and gentlemen, God is always watching. If you are committed to him, you ought to be committed to, committed to Christ, committed to church, and committed to community. You, is anybody here committed? Is anybody here committed to God, committed to his work? Last of all, ladies and gentlemen, lest I hold you too long, the, the fifth dynamic uh, is to enjoy God's blessing. How many of you are happy? How many of you are content? How many of you are thankful? Just write those down. Now we can shout on it because I thank God that I'm happy with what he has given me. Listen, I ain't talking about, I ain't looking over the fence at what you got. I thank God for what I got. I'm doing good just to maintain the little bit I got. Y'all not listening to me. I got junk. I got stuff. I got things. Come on, somebody. I got stuff I need to get rid of. I need to go in the garage and get rid of some stuff. I got clothes that's overlap. I'm happy with what God has given me. The problem is that we can be happy with the stuff but not content with the stuff. Which means that sometimes we'll have some things, but we, we always, yeah, I thank God for this, but I really want that. And he's like, I know your attitude. I see you. And you can just hold on to this, what you got, and don't expect to get nothing else. You don't appreciate what I already gave you. we just like some little kids, aren't we? Amen. And you don't even appreciate what I've already given you, and you want me to give you some more. You got to be happy with God, what God has. And when I was driving a hoop to a bucket, I just replaced the tire. I just do whatever. I go into the engine, raise the hood, buy the tools, change my own oil. I did whatever now when I can just get it and then drive it and take it to a dealer to get it fixed. I just thank God. I say I thank God because I know what it's like to not have those resources. I know what it's like to not have just access to all those things and being able to take care of those things. I thank God I'm happy. I say I'm happy with what he has given me. I'm contented with it. If he don't give me nothing else, I'm good. Look at your neighbor and say I'm good. I'm good with what I got. How many of you know that if God gives you more, then you got to deal with more? 
If God gives you more, you go to another level, you got another set of devils you got to deal with. You like the job that you got right now. You say, Lord, I want a promotion. He said, okay, I'll give you a promotion, but you got to make sure you're ready because when you go to the top, there's a new game going on. And you need to take the Lord along with you. I don't care how high you go. I don't know how, where you are right now, but you need to thank God and be happy for what you got. I don't know about you, but I'm happy with what I got. I'm content. I'll stay right here. I'll stay right here. Last of all, I'm thankful. Anybody thankful today? I say I thank him. I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storm. I thank him for the stuff I went through because even as I'm on the mountaintop, I can say thank you, Jesus, because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to not have. I know what it's like to be treated bad. I know what it's like to be uninvited. I know what it's like. But I thank God for where I'm at. Anybody here just want to thank God? Come on, just get your own praise break. I'm doing good. I'm happy with Jesus alone. I'm content with the stuff that I got. Hallelujah. And I thank God for what he's done. Most of all, I thank him for coming into my life. When I began to fear God, I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Began to walk that walk. Come on, somebody. Walking out of darkness, even into the marvelous light. I thank God for Jesus coming into my life, filling me with his spirit. Hallelujah. I haven't been the same since. Yes, sir. I get beat up. It don't mean that you're always on the top. It does mean that you're still consistent. I'm moving slow, but I'm moving. Hallelujah. Because you don't know what's in the future. You don't know what's up the road. But I thank God. For my valleys, I thank him for the challenges. I thank him for the disrespect. I thank him for the haters. Come on, somebody. Many of you don't even know it. But out of your dysfunction, that made you more functional. I just got that. I just got that. You say, well, what does that mean? If they hadn't been getting on your nerve, you wouldn't have went to the next stop. You wouldn't have toughed up like you are right now. If they hadn't been treating you like a dog, you never would have made your advances that you're making. We need to understand that God works even in the midst of the dysfunction that comes our way. Sometimes we are closer to God. Places people, there'll be a thorn in the flesh. That actually means a pain in the neck. Sometimes people are there so that you can stay close to God. God will let you know. You remember Paul? He said, Lord, why I got to go through this? I asked you three times. He said, my grace my grace is sufficient. How many of you believe that God's grace is sufficient? Hallelujah. Just be, just having him in my life is enough. Fear God. Everybody say fear God. That means to reverence him and worship him with your life. Not just talking about it, but you'll see him. He'll make your family flourish. Listen, you don't have to have your own kids, but you'll be a blessing to somebody else. Hallelujah. Thank God for what you have. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. How many of you want to be successful? 
Come on, let me see your hand. You want to be successful. Continue to be successful.